0: Hello and welcome to SPOK. We have got a big show full of spoken word and poetry and some other stuff. We've got our four Spork Up artists who are for up up-and-coming Southwest-based spoken word artists that we've been working with over the last uh, couple of months. And we've been doing some workshops with them. Uh, we had a very rare live gig um, about a month ago in Exeter. They've also made some videos, which will be up very soon, on the Spork website, uh, which you can probably see in a couple of weeks' time at sporkpoetry.com. So that's really exciting. The four of those, Harula lads, Sile Katebi, Roshan's brother and Megan Baxter, will all be sharing some work on this podcast. And then we've also got a little bit of something from Just Some Guy. Uh, Just Some Guy is a Devon-based poet um, who has released an album. And so we'll be hearing a track from that um, in a little bit. And yeah, also, this is probably going to be our last show for a little while. Um maybe uh, the last show of this season, if you want to call it that. Uh, so thank you for listening in the first half. We have got Harul Lad and Roshin's brother, who's up first.
1: Come and look. Come and look at the one armed man who lives in the windmill. "Perhaps he stood too close to the windmill," I say to the woman beside me. She smiles oddly. The man with one arm stirs back; he does not seem to see us. His children stare down from their window; the glass in the window is broken. They must be so cold. They must be so cold, I say to the woman beside me, who stirs forward, ignoring me this time. I see the wife of the one-armed man. She is removing her shopping from the boot of the family car, but she does not see me either. Because she's looking up at her children. Smiling. She has been standing still. Beside the car. For a long time. I know. She has been standing still. For a long time. Because moss. Is growing on the backs of her legs. Moss. Is growing On the backs of her legs, and a patch of lichen is growing on her back. Suddenly, a crow lands in the family's garden. A crow! But why is the crow so big? I asked the woman beside me, but the woman is no longer beside me. The woman is running away. The woman is running and the crow is big. The crow is huge. The crow is huge. The crow is bigger than the windmill family's car. The crow is bigger than their car. Maybe it was the crow that took the man's arm. The crow is bigger than their car. But the family keeps smiling. I run after the woman, and everyone else keeps completely still. And the title of that poem is A Day Trip with My Wife to Babacum Model Village.
2: Hello, I'm Harula, and welcome to all you sport listeners. And thank you so much, Chris, for inviting me to be part of this podcast. Uh, I'm well chuffed. Um, so, here we go. I'm sp- going to share three poems with you. And this first one is called Sleeping with Screens, and it's all about being a bit too attached to my devices um, and I'm guessing I'm probably not the only one at the moment because most of life is happening on online now so here we go, Sleeping With Screens. I've started sleeping with my devices I keep their IV tubes plugged in to the wall beside me in case they threaten to die. I love their happy ping-pings one after the other like siblings sharing laughter Each ping-signalling connection brings a warm feeling. They are warm too, of course, but they're not soft. I can't help wishing for real hugs. touch. Devices don't cry, except possibly by emoji. They lay beside me in a double bed, for one, until I'm ready to sleep, and tuck them under the extra pillow or the corner of the duvet. Not because they'd get cold, no, it's just their constant glow is distracting. I know I shouldn't keep my devices so close, but they're my all-in-one go too. Shelves of books, stacks of CDs, an alarm to wake me, my constant connection to a world turned 2D. I know they sap my energy, break my sleep, but I'm in too deep to throw them out of bed. But a life lived through screens just can't beat the mud and guts of the road. Flies up your nose, hair in your eyes. Then rain starts to fall and turns me home. I don't want to get wet. But the wind and the nettles and the flies pester. No, don't give all this up yet. So I continue. Rain clings to my hoodie, the individual fibres visible in full surround daylight. I make for the tunnel of trees, Branches linked like arms, raised to create an arch. I shelter beneath their leaves and say to whatever's listening, OK, I won't give all this up yet. When did apple and blackberry come to me more than fruit? Later, in bed, I slide right to turn off my phone and set a real alarm clock with bells on. So this second one is called wild words um and yeah it's about using nature to write with instead of you know paper and pen and it's something that I kind of got into in the last few months like wanting to do something outside after all this indoors online time so anyway here we go this is wild words I used a stone at first, a tool to intervene between the sand and my skin, but the stone was clumsy. My index finger worked better on its own. The day had begun with coffee in a cafe. I'd taken a notebook and pen, the usual writer's tools. Then the beach called. Wanna play? there's loads of room be as big as free as you need you're still allowed to be happy when the world's falling apart i ran skipped giggled gathered shells with joy hidden beneath which stuck to me like sand tiny glittering grains wonder bubbled in the surf where two miniature crabs tumbled clung together in a dance or a fight i didn't care just watched hunched over face held in salty palms with a fresh physicality, determined to get as close as possible to life. By the time the crowds arrived, I was too far gone. I carved a heart in the sand with my big toe. Sure foraging fingers rinsed shells in rock pools, gentle not to split the blush pink wings of the ones that looked like tiny calcified butterflies. I wrote with stones and shells, luminescently green seaweed and gull fellers, filling the furrows of my words with borrowed beach foundings. I knew their mother would return to reclaim them. And I'm going to finish with this one. This is called The Thing for the Thing. And I wrote it a while ago, but... It seems relevant again now. It's kind of about this idea of time passing and nostalgia and and how we change as people and how we feel about that. Anyway, this is called The Thing for the Thing. The thing for the thing is in the bathroom, she said. And I knew what she meant. And she knew that I knew. Because you just do with some people. So I get the thing push it against the hatch, catch the flap as it falls, and hook the ladder, pulling it out just so over the bathroom lino, like Dad showed me all those years ago. I climb into the loft above to find books in boxes buried beneath other dusty treasure, hefting them down to the living room where I sit, cross-legged on the carpet, like a child waiting for a story. I find letters from my grandmother beautiful words, curled and dotted along soft lines like grapevines, turned into something rich and strong. I sip sentences. It's New Year's Day, and these boxes threaten to bloat me with the past when I should be making space to taste the future. How do you digest spilling chests of memories without losing anything precious? without throwing away who you were for who you now want to be. Because no matter how many old notebooks or yellow-cornered letters are carefully filed into piles of who and what and when, you can't take a photo of that face anymore.
1: I have written an unnecessarily passive-aggressive poem about the environment from the Unique Perspective of a Privileged White Middle-Aged Northern Butcher who is the demographic antithesis of woke society. The title of this poem is... An unnecessarily passive-aggressive environmental poem from the perspective of a privileged white middle-aged northern butcher who is sick, sore and tired of posh southern hitchhikers coming into my shop and asking if I sell vegan sausage rolls. The sky is her rooftop. The grass is her carpet. The hedgerows and the bushes are her walls. The ocean's her bathtub. The sandy beach, her face scrub. The forests are her ovaries and balls. Because Mother Nature is non-binary, which is fine. And in actual fact, some of my best friends are Liberal Democrats. The Great Barrier Reef are Mother Nature's teeth, but her corals all have cavities and she has no pain relief, and her sugars bleached our rivers, bloated Mother Nature's liver, and I thought that this would be a really strong analogy of how our bodies process sugar and pass toxins through our pee, and how Mother Nature's liver is a metaphor for rivers, and that this vision might deliver a cold and latent shiver down your spine. But I had a delivery, so I didn't have the time to explain that the shrinking of the Rhine and the Nile and the Congo and the Ganges and the Great Euphrates were evidence that Mother Earth has motherfucking diabetes. But the good news is, when I used the term motherfucking just then, I didn't mean it in an aggressive patriarchal sense, because that would have been inappropriate. Mother Nature's lower back was once the grassland of the prairie, but those downy hairs have long since gone, her skin is red and flaring, shale gas extracted from her ass through a process known as fracking, hydraulic jets imposed a force, her pelvic floor was lacking, tectonic plates reverberate, loosening her aggregate, which then vibrate and separate, her inner crust abandoned. And through friction and relentless damp her magma aches with seismic cramp. Who'd have known that she'd have thrush in the depths of her Grand Canyon? I don't even know what that means. You can't have a go at me if I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, Sandra's pelvic floor is also under strain, but that's because every Monday morning she drags half a frozen lamb out of the freezer and brings it into the shop, whilst you're all busy on the internet Instagramming pictures of your vegan fucking profiteroles. Have a thought for Sandra. Most 12-year-old girls are playing with dolls. The ice caps are her kneecaps, the northern lights are piss flaps, Christ. The fungal villi, every synapse in her brain. And at night she dreams of cavemen, free and feckless, hand-to-mouth men, consuming just enough for nature to sustain. And the reason she can see them, and by them I mean the cavemen, is because the fungal villi in her brain form a bridge between each synapse, a vast eternal, endless time-lapse, where past and present merge to form a single plane. Mother Nature sees the end, just as sure as the beginning. Catalogues the peaks and troughs, all the purity and sinning. If our race is to the bottom, then the bad news is, we're winning. And I'd like to use this time to formally apologise for using the term piss flaps in verse three. You see, it's okay for you millennials. You've grown up with political correctness. But the truth is, if a white privileged male like me went into a newsagent's tomorrow to buy a Kinder Bueno for my own consumption, there is a 50-50 chance I could be placed on the Sex Offenders Register. Just think about that. Oh Mother Earth, believe me, I want to be a better man. I'm not quite vegetarian. Though now I do eat wafer ham. Oh Mother Earth, you taught post-Covid Earth to think and slow down. Now please, teach me the proper use of gender-neutral pronouns, you bastard. So that
0: was the first two of our Spork Up artists, um, Harula Lad and Roshin's Brother. I feel like that first half had a little something for everyone. You know, there was beautiful, evocative poetry, uh, some more sort of surreal stuff, some stuff maybe bordering on the edge of what is or isn't politically correct. Um, thank you to Harula and to Roshin's Brother. And next up, we have got a little bit of a musical interlude uh, with Just Some Guy. Uh, He's just released an album. He's going to talk to you about that now um, and about his track, which we're going to play for you in just a sec. So here's Just Some Guy, a.k.a.
3: Steve. hello uh, my name's just some guy or Steve uh, thanks Chris for letting me come and chat about some stuff that I've been doing lately uh, I've been telling poems and writing stories for quite a long time now and pretty early on in my journey of spoken word I was lucky enough to get to work with some producers uh, and put together some kind of music fusion crossover stuff uh, so this is something we have been working on for a long time and I guess uh, for me i've always been keen to tell stories uh initially stories uh, that perhaps were untold so stories from people that i'd met that I was just really inspired by and sort of as as it went on as that journey went on i, I was more eager to share some of my own stories and see how that could affect people. I'm really keen in finding finding hope in difficult situations and finding life in uh, some of the most difficult places and I've allowed my, my journey and the people that I meet to really influence and shape that. So I think Chris is going to play a piece called Dandelion. Uh, this is a story about my little family I guess. I wrote it um, we just had a baby and we were due to have another one uh, we had some epic ideas my wife and I about how life was going to go and the things that we would do and how we would change the world and you know I think the journey's great and sometimes uh, some of those big things are really big and amazing and sometimes you just get caught up in the day-to-day mundane stuff. Uh, We had to lay down some things that we really didn't want to and life was difficult for a little while and we faced some real challenging times that we weren't expecting but... Uh, I was struggling at that point and uh, I was getting a couple of bits of music sent to me and a guy called Bucky, Big Up Bucky Music, uh, sent me a track and that really inspired this piece. So it's about Stop Him. Uh, it's about looking back and taking stock of where you've come from, uh, and sometimes the realization of the the journey that you've travelled, the distance that you've travelled, uh, is enough to realize that you have actually done something amazing, even without realizing it. But also that the the little things, the simple stuff, the the day to day bits and pieces that you get to do sometimes those are the more epic things and the more life-changing and life-shaping things than uh, any big uh, dreams that you might have had in the first place so it's a bit about that um, I hope you like it uh, I'm just some guy you can look me up uh, this album is called The Stories I Tell Myself you can find it in all the normal places so it's on Bandcamp to buy you can find it on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon and all those kind of things I would love to hear what you think about it I'm on all the social media stuff Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and uh, I think that's about it. Uh, but you can you can find me just some guy poetry. Um, yeah, this is dandelion. Hope you like it. May I take this moment to remind you? When we first met, we didn't like each other that much. That is to say, I was just learning that it was okay to be okay with myself and that didn't really leave much room. But as it was, the first place that we met was a place called home and that's the last place that I want to sit with you, in one that's too small, one that smells funny surrounded by too many things, a million undone's just out of reach, a cup of tea and you, closer than my beginnings. May I remind you, there was a time we wasted ourselves on children's stories sent our hearts in origami frogs and magic beans hoping some part of ourself would travel the distance between us and there was a time we were badly rolled hearts broken cigarettes and stories of how we would change the world if only we could get our hands on it and we did for a minute there was a time we sat seven time zones away with the sun and the moon reflecting what we wished for Collecting light in stones and passing them back and forth on the ocean And then there was a time today When our daughter picked her first dandelion Blew some dreams across a make-believe And wished to make it to a reality not far from here And they will Because you taught her Anything can happen with enough love And in that moment we had enough Enough to change time To separate oceans To draw our forever on the hands we now get to hold And for better or worse And it's been better, and it's been worse And I'm sorry Everything speaks for itself And it's not always friendly But today's reason Is taken from our story Far enough from the beginning To realise that we made it somewhere Far enough from the end to see that there's still a long way to go I'll give you reasons to question, trust me Some days I'll forget things, important things I'll miss stuff, I won't put in enough effort I'll seem like I'm not really there But for all of those times, remember this one And that I am really trying, it just just looks a whole lot different I don't communicate well in the moment And let this serve as one of many apologies For the times that I want to tell you everything I can't make it past myself Some nights I'll stay up late Get stuck in a filing cabinet between A lot of things that aren't important and a box of old photos Of when impossibility was our hideaway And a box of pieces of yourself You floated in bottles to me And that I knew one day the next bottle would hold the final piece All these stories that make us They're all yours Each one built on a word, left out to dry Picked up, remoulded It's our adventure Our foam mattress in the mountains Our Camino, our pilgrimage Our rocky road, our holy place Our two winged wide open space Our days in cause we haven't got the energy anymore Make no mistakes, there was no mistake in getting here this night tightly, shake it out like a bedsheet with all the might you have left and all the grace that you have inside of you and tell it I did not come this far or fight this fair or wear through this many souls, to settle and stop asking questions.
0: And that was Dandelion by Just Some Guy. And that's a track from his debut album, The Stories I Tell Myself. And yeah, just go and check it out because um, uh, I've heard most of the tracks now and they are all as gorgeous as that one. So for the second half, we have got our second two spork-up artists. Uh, they are Siley Katabi and Megan Baxter. Um, I'm going to leave you here. We're going to have Meg up first and then we're going to have Siley. So I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, My name's Chris. This has been Spork. Uh, First up, we've got Megan Baxter and then Siley Katabi to see us out. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone who's contributed to this podcast. Oh, yeah. And uh, to find out any more information about the four sporkup Artists, as well as uh, anything else about Spoke, upcoming events, etc, you can visit sporkpoetry.com. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Bye. And here's Meg. Megan Baxter.
4: I thought the feminine experience was all about a deep melancholic longing that seems to grip you from nowhere. Binge eating in your underwear, sleeping with a mean, mean man, a hole in you that the light can't touch, but maybe 17 corn nuggets and a salted caramel milkshake can, I've got one foot in the darkness the other foot in the same darkness and every time a man has promised to pluck me out of it they've just disrespected me in a bar instead I think the only moment I've ever known peace when lying with somebody else was sleeping next to you when we slipped away from the city with all of our friends our arms touched in bed and that was it for me Just us in lace bralettes and oversized shirts from the BHF. I imagined the small movement it would take for our mouths to meet and it broke the nose of everything I thought I knew about being a girl. I wrote that poem because I spent a lot of time performing pieces about all these horrible relationships I'd had with the men and just how horribly unfulfilled I felt. And I thought I was writing about some universal feminine experience, but it turns out I was living the experience of a closeted queer person with a lot of internalised homophobia uh, and compulsory heterosexuality to unlearn. Uh, this poem is another one that kind of deals with that. It's called In the Summer of 2019, Is It Just Me? Or did we all think of having sad, sweaty sex with people that we hated because it made us feel alive for five minutes? My body was melodious as the garbage disposal churning and whirring and swallowing and I found myself having more visceral, emotional responses to Tex-Mex cooking videos made by lesbian YouTubers than I did looking at my own boyfriend's pale and freckled torso. That summer was slow and chafing. And looking at the little orange flowers my dad had planted in a perfect chorus line felt strangely mournful. I just kept looking at them so intently. I wonder if a neighbour ever spotted me. Kneeling in the flower beds, if they ever wondered just what had been cruel enough to splinter such a shimmering jewel of a heart. The last poem I'm going to do is called Lurch. Tripping up the stairs, ear infections, cancelled trains, all of it hums at the same frequency. I was born, things happened, and then I forgot everything except this stomach lurch like I'm about to be called into my head of year's office again. I'm too self-conscious to bowl in public. The last time I ice skated, I shivered alone at the edge while my date moved shore as a comet ahead of me. I was born, things happened, and then kept on happening until this very moment. Where all I want is to gorge on cheese-based products until all of us, one by one, die in the fires being stoked all around us in the promised land. Do you think we'll all party together? Or is the urge to party just a symptom of our general earthly malaise? I used to float through the streets like a pale ghost. Touching things, spending money, drinking wine, thinking something soon must reach the very bottom of me. I thought I was built like a swimming pool. But it turns out I'm something that expands. A galaxy or a well-fed belly. Buddy told me he eats sometimes until he's full to the neck. I was like... That seems dangerous. And then started doing the same.
5: I found my brother in the back row of a crowded classroom. We sat through English together. Scribbling, make-believe between the margins, learning to laugh. uh, (laughs) Nonsense. I love my brother. I trust my brother to speak his heart despite the noise. He grew up speaking his mother tongue, assimilation, a second language, English, a gesture we would wave out of windows, a bleached cloud, a white rag between our teeth as teacher talked. Our discontentment was an extracurricular activity. The miseducation of kings began in a small town governed by peculiarity. Not learning to navigate the dark, we kept our kerosene lamps behind our backs following smoke puppets into midnight where we found clarity in matchsticks. And the pantheons blurred as Prometheus and the old gods talk us down. It's hard to show frustration being squeezed into a box. Boy, black. No, we don't talk like that around here. We'd walk into tinder filled buildings with our worn-down smiles, tongues beaten smooth by the jury. A procession of fear mongers who are waited by the gavel It's why I learn only to trust my brother. I trust my brother. I trust my brother to speak his heart despite the rage cages don't follow us into the fields we burn to make room for expression we earn the right to grieve built brotherhood on the bones we didn't spit into the mob tongues twisting into complicity learning looking searching for the word for sanctuary and the centuries haven't dimmed the charges that deem our vigor as misdemeanor and violence, I have watched him burn down to the hilt. Watched him turn to ash as another and another and another cold word curdles the dimples in his cheek, emancipated flame choking on pleasantries. Anger became the ritual we hide. Sweat eases the pain, so we wrestle with quiet. Ringing peace from fire and brotherhood eases the lonely. So we only burn in private after the city slips into a nightmare. That piece was written with an old school friendship in mind. The demographic makeup of mine and his time in school was such that certain emotional palettes were mm, weaponized in certain ways so we felt we couldn't offer that with everything that's been going on this year it was really helpful for me to acknowledge that through everything that was going on there was a friendship and a space that i could turn to where we could hold each other older a little bit um a little bit wiser i like to think we are now taking the time to acknowledge that within each other and finding healthy ways to share that out in the real world. And I, it's great to be able to uh, celebrate my, my male friendships and that love that I have for my brothers within a piece of poetry. So thank you for listening to that if you did. This next piece is uh, the sign of the times for me. It makes as much sense as this year feels like, and here for your enjoyment, and is convoluted drivel. I haven't been making much sense lately. My only compass a crooked paddle out haggling for direction, lost in the wash. I never know what started it. Could have been the heartbreak. Those echoless laments of love. Fiddling with the rubric of Cupid's sparkle. Work's been hard, it could have been that. It could have been that. Last glass of cancerous ale still snaking through my gravel pit. Or oh, the fact that I have a gravel pit for a post that my supposed tools are past due and I'm, I'm bartering cause for concern. Battering my cause for the stern noose of night nectar, boozy, belly laughs taking their toll on my time here. But, but who's to judge? Who hasn't loved this summer's stitchings, Kissed by the solstice. Pinpricks of sun jutting out your jugular, jumping full of useless drugs. Cooking up storms in Hell's Kitchen. Saving hugs for our fallen Gabriels. Tasting solace in our mantras of You only live once. And we'll burn those bridges when we get there. I've been mixing my metaphors in drinks for days. Decades decay in the papered parcels of gin I trust to correct my sins. Straight lines staggering themselves silly sense. A soft syllable too easily slurred by the seminal serpent seated in my cup. Coiled in my gullet while we... Birds of a feather flock to the bottom of our bubbling blizzards. We are tomorrow's heroes. But tonight we drink. Toasting to muted moments. Boasting a youth that fades unflinchingly and doesn't take kindly to threats. I was... Twenty once. (laughs) Now I'm this. A few months past a milestone's kiss and... Far too old for this. But this is the freaking weekend. We are swimming in a gauze of the good, bad and ugly, shaken, never stirred. I serve for you the myrrh of a righteous concubine to a blind muse, defining the hues of these principles both blackened and blued by the bastardish boomerang of Saturday night eve weaved into Monday's hangovers, clued up on the vinyl folds of a spinal cord's corrupted syntax swayed by the source I've been shaking what my mama gave me <laughs> into the lost and found corners of my favorite nightmares where nights flare with staggering force and i found my likeness in a daggerless corpse rooting for sustenance in a swill of guilt and of course i called it decadent what other name for my public folly with no sorry tacked on a man of action wronged by his need for fever lost Looting, foraging in a forest for the trees In a forest full of weeds I fall off and by dammit I fall well Stumble punched, star strickeningly drunk I learnt to sip to sober up There is madness in my methods And I wouldn't have it any other way My activism is an acrid molasses too glass slippered to run away we Slow dance, chill the chimes trigger us flaws. And when it's time for us to court, I am a figureless four. Leg locked to the floorboards looking for God. Wrestling hope with palms pressed. Praying, I won't be questioned for the days I missed because of the nights I didn't. I have hidden my scars well. Scurrying from the cartels of my shadow self, I have no choice but to part well, live loudly and rest in peace. Now I'm sorry if I haven't been making much sense lately, but seated where I stand, not much ever does.
1: Spork is an Exeter-based poetry organisation that started in 2018 as a monthly open mic in a pub. Since then, we've received local and national funding and worked with various organisations and producers including Apples and Snakes and Mothers Who Make to create live events and workshops. Our goal is to bring more spoken word to Exeter and to get people engaged in poetry in a way that's accessible and empowering and fun.